Ever wondered who and what is shaping Luxembourg? This is your Lux Unplugged podcast with your hosts, Adrian and Thierry. Hi, I'm Adrian. Hi, I'm Thierry. Welcome back to another episode of Lux Unplugged. This time around, we welcome Martin Philip, Chief Innovation Officer at Dockler Holding. What did you learn from our conversation with Martin? Well, I'd heard of Dockler before, and this indirectly. They are well known for their first product, jasmine.com. As our listeners will hear, Dockler is a holding company with a lot of businesses in their portfolio. Most notably, they are the creator of Tackball, a sports equipment that is today promoted by globally known players such as Ronaldinho. Who would have guessed this was all engineered in Luxembourg? Very true. There are many secrets in Luxembourg, as it seems. But now, without further ado, our conversation with Martin Philip, Chief Innovation Officer at Dockler Holding. Martin, thanks for joining us here on the show. Thank you very much. Before we kick off our usual show, we would like to know a bit more about our guests that appear on our podcast. How would you introduce yourself? Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's my pleasure to, to, to be part of this initiative and happy that there is a, such an initiative in Luxembourg. Uh, yeah, my name is Martin. I'm Chief Innovation Officer of, of Dockler Holding. I've been uh, with Dr. Holding almost 10 years now. I was born in Belgrade, in, in Serbia. Then uh, I spent my life, most of my career, most of my education in Hungary. I studied in Hungary, I studied IT engineering and specialized in uh, cybernetics and robotics. I never, never really uh, went to that direction in my career, but I think it was quite uh, interesting and useful uh, educational path. and. Uh, then I started working as a software developer. That was my first uh, first job back in Hungary. Uh, then moved more to management posi- roles, project management, spe- specifically in IT project management. I was driving uh, a digital transformation for one of the big, uh, let's say, public uh, uh, state companies uh, in, in Hungary. And then 10 years ago, I joined Docker as a, as a project manager, just applied for a job, which I found on, 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 on uh, an advertisement. And uh, yeah, this is how my, my career started at Docker, as a part, part of a small team. I would say that, that my, my journey in Docker was, was really interesting because I've, 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 I've been in quite a lot of different roles. And I think that's also what is interesting about our company. There is always room to evolve into certain directions where where you want to be and and uh, as the, the the company evolves your my position have evolved into into various various roles and but i would say the groundbreaking part of my career in docker was when we introduced agile methodologies currently i'm in charge of innovation which means that uh, i'm more or less person who who, whose job is to think forward, to think what what will our company look like in a couple of years, technology-wise, but also culturally. Was there a, um, a particular choice why you chose this career uh, when you started out? Originally, it was not my plan. I applied in Technic University of Budapest for, for to be an architect, and I was even uh, accepted uh, in, in the university. I was always passionate about uh, computers. I had a computer when I was... 10 years old. Maybe this passion for computer science 
Describable in a simple, simple manner. Docker currently is a is a is an international holding company which employs 1,300, 1,400 people, has around 70 companies in the group, highly diversified. But I would say the core core of of, of our company is is a low latency live streaming technology. Am I right in thinking that the type of activity that you're involved in is it is it comparable to a holding company like Berkshire Hathaway, like Warren Buffett's? You know the way they they, they operate and the way they they expand. Is that is it is it like a fair comparison to make, or would you say that you're a bit different? I would say we were different. Uh, it's uh, as as a company, we are usually our strategy when it comes to acquisitions or or mergers or or investments is not necessarily financially driven doesn't mean that we are not looking for return on investment but what we are looking for as a as a as an investor is what what is, what are the ideas on the market that that we would we could integrate in the value that we have created already so we are never looking for startups come to us because we have initiated a couple of startup startup related projects here in Luxembourg and uh, but uh, we are not a VC in that sense. We, we are not looking for an exit strategy when we invest in a startup. We are looking for what value can the startup create and how can we help them to grow to create that value and how can they be integrated in the group, become essential part of the group. Okay. Was that always the plan of the company? Um, because obviously at the beginning, 10 years ago, it was, no, when it was it 20 years 20 ago. Years yeah. ago yeah. I joined 10 yeah, years ago. Okay. Yeah. So, and that has then obviously evolved over a period of yeah. time. What was the original idea behind the company? Then? The original idea of the first, the first product that was created is, was a low latency streaming, streaming platform, jasmine.com. It was just HU then back then because, uh, I mean, our founder, Mr. Gotchan, and also our CEO, Karoy, who were, who were there at the very beginning, they created this from idea of uh, recreating as experience that they have seen on on uh, Big Brother show was a was a big big thing back then in the television uh, the TV that was the first first project that was created a, 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 a platform where where streamers could broadcast and viewers could could pay for the content that it's broadcasted and uh, then yeah I would say almost 10 years later the company has started diversifying because the, the core product has grown so much that it enabled the, the management and the, 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 the company to, to look around and to invest in other, other ideas. Yeah. Currently, as I said, from five people, now it's around 1,500. There's been a vision since the very start of, the, of this business. How do you make sure that this, this idea stays future-proof? How do you see the vision expanding going forward? I don't believe you can make them future-proof, and I think the more you struggle making them future-proof, the more you waste time on 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 executing them. We are we have the mindset of acting fast, delivering fast, trying things fast, failing fast, and reinventing ourselves, learning from mistakes. I think uh, the more you evaluate, the more you 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 spend time on on trying to to secure yourself how your product will look in the future, the most, more time you lose, we usually walk the talk. So we, we want to, we, want to we, we launch our products 
as, as, as soon as possible and we, we evaluate them on the fly. One, one of the things that, that, that some, maybe some of our developers are sometimes uh, not complaining, but I would say they are a bit anxious about the fact that, that when the new, new feature is out, it goes out, uh, and then we see how it's happening, even though we know that it might have an f- impact on the productivity, of, of, or it might even have a, it might even backfire, it might even crash the system. Of course, we have a future, we have a systems to prevent that technology-wise, but, but still we are quite brave when it comes to experimenting with new things. But that allows you then obviously as well, if something isn't working, to just remove it quickly again and work on it and come up with another idea. Yeah. And is that the part then where innovation comes into place, where you have probably quite a big team where loads of different ideas come, but obviously only a small number of them come to fruition. Yeah, I mean, in, innovation is, as I said, innovation is not purely technical in our, in our, in our at least at least not at my, not what 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 I what I'm responsible for. I mean, there are multiple levels of innovation. Our CTO is also working. We have an R&D team, uh, so we collaborate. I mean, I cannot, you cannot centralize innovation in one person <laughs> it's like also we don't have a chief information officer either because i don't think that this role exists anymore because everyone needs to have a it background at least to a certain level in our company so same thing with innovation i mean we are trying to foster innovation on multiple levels so yeah there is a there is a lot of projects garage projects within the within the company but it's not only related to our core product. There are, there are multiple projects that are that have been launched, tried, and if they didn't work out, then we reintegrated those people into into core 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 business. But there is always an opportunity for people to try something new. Tagball is is the the sports equipment that we have developed some years ago. There is was an idea from one of our partners, and then. He presented this idea to the to the owner and and Mr. Gotchen liked the idea. So now it's a totally independent. I mean, it's it's a business which is still part of the group, but runs its on under its own governance and and it's uh, it's quite a success story. Is is that the minute the project that you particularly testing or, or trialing that you believe will be like a big thing or? Wow, we do believe it's. A, I think it's already a big thing, <laughs> given the, how many famous players are, are behind it. So I think uh, TechBall is one of our, let's say, projects that we are really proud of. And uh, of course, it's, uh, it's a project that is still in a growth phase because this is TechBall itself. I don't know how much you know about it. It's, a, it's, a, it's an invention. It's a, it's a project. It's a, it's a product. It's a, a sports equipment that you can play five different sports on but the the major sport is a it's a it's a like a food derivative of football which you play on a, on a, on a equipment which is similar to a to a table tennis but it's a banded table which uh, which also can resist the, the weight of the ball and and there is a special technique to 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 utilize to play this sport there's also technology part of it because there is a there is an ongoing development of of an application where you can evaluate the movement and and you can you can also compare yourself with some famous players how how you how you uh, how you uh, perform so it's typically a, a kind of a merger of technology and sport but uh, the equipment itself i think it's it's uh, it's a nice thing but the the 
sport behind it, the activity behind it is something that we really, be, really believe. It's it's the, the fastest recognized sport in the world, actually. Uh, so and uh, it has a presence in many countries. There has been two, three world championships so far. Our goal with Techball is to become a, a Olympic uh, sport. These are the things that we are embrace and and what what Docker is supporting, for example. Okay, so um, and uh, why did Dockler then choose Luxembourg, and has it ecosystem benefited the company so far? Luxembourg was a was a choice, I would say, a bet. <laughs> so we we didn't know what uh, what we, are. we of course we did evaluation. We used some big four uh, consultancy to help us evaluate different jurisdictions. But at the end of the day, we, we choose Luxembourg because we felt it's, it's, a, it's a place where we can establish our international headquarters. And the most important is the aspect is that, that we wanted to create an international business. And uh, it's, it's a bit hard to do that from Hungary. It's, it, even though it's a great place, especially in terms of, uh, for example, skilled IT professionals, it's much better than, than Luxembourg, for example, but still... In order to to create a, a internationally recognized business, it was not it was not a ground where you can we can you can grow as much as you can grow somewhere else, and this somewhere else for us was Luxembourg. Also, we did evaluation in terms of technology because for us it's extremely important to have our we have we have three thousand three thousand uh, servers here in Luxembourg. So, for example, we were looking for a place where we can have. A company who, which can companies which can host our servers and which have uh, uh, connectivity with with uh, local uh, hubs uh, around in Europe. Uh, also, is from from low latency perspective, we were looking for a place which uh, which has uh, uh, good data centers, and I think Luxembourg is one of the best places. The biggest concentration of tier four data centers here in the world is is here. This is one of the one of the best moves that at least in my career, has, has happened for, for the company to establish the headquarters here because we, we feel this is an environment which is really supportive of, of business development. So where, where you have a proximity between public and private sector, when you have society and, and jurisdictions and also uh, regulations which, which are there to support your business and not to block your business. And I'm not saying that this is something unique in the in the world, but I think uh, Luxembourg is ahead in a lot of uh, in a lot of a lot of countries in that in that sense to to have a business enabler environment. And also, what I what we like about Luxembourg is a bit like like us a startup <laughs> startup st- style. We are we are also started small and then grow big. Uh, and I think. Uh, Luxembourg, in that sense, is is can be as agile as we are. So, for example, when we see a lot of changes that has happened in the last five years, and I don't think any country around has this kind of pace of evolution of of uh, of, uh, of environment like in Luxembourg. So, to give you an example, a couple of years ago, we were struggling to find the IT people because most of the most of the candidates were having an issue of, of, of moving to Luxembourg due to the language barrier. Most of the developers that we employ, they don't speak French, for example. And they had, uh, they had concerns, what will happen if for some reasons we don't 
work with doctor anymore, where we'll find a job because we don't speak French, we will not find a job. And it was the case actually five years ago. It was quite challenging for a software developer, no matter how qualified he was or she was, to, to find a job. That's not the case anymore, for example. That's, that's totally acceptable nowadays for a software developer to find a job even without having a French, French language. So in general, there is a, I think Luxembourg, from my perspective, is a country that we, we might be behind uh, in, in certain uh, level, especially when it comes to digital compared to some other countries. But I believe Luxembourg has the possibility to, to be much faster than anyone else. So if there is a need of a change, the change can happen much faster than anywhere else. And I think that's totally in line with what we are. But in your opinion, how do you manage as I mean, as Dockler Holding in Luxembourg? How do you attract talent? That's first question. And, and second, how do you think that Luxembourg as a whole given the evolution of the economy, how can they improve the way that they can make the whole economy, the whole country more attractive to, to the skills, to the level of skills that they, they are actually looking for to get to the next level? Well, I think first you need to identify the issue because I think we need to identify and, and face the, the issue that we are lacking talents. I think it's, it's a common, common problem to admit that there is, there is a problem. Usually even some companies feel like, yeah, we, we will solve this uh, somehow, we will outsource it to, to other countries and, and uh, we, will, we will find a solution without really need to, to bring people. But I think that's not, a, that's not a sustainable solution. So yeah, I think it comes with recognition of, of the issue is that we don't have talents. IT talent especially, and we don't have them in Luxembourg. So we need to go outside and to bring them here. And IT recruitment as such has become a, I would say, totally different profession nowadays compared to where it was a couple of years ago, five or 10 years ago. I don't think that it's even related to HR as such anymore. It's, it's, a, it's a more sales activity than HR. So for example, if we would be back in Hungary, it would be hard to hire a, a German engineer to convince him to move to, 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 to Hungary. In Luxembourg, it's a bit, bit easier. It's not easy though <laughs> either, but, uh, but it's, it's, it's easier. I would say that Luxembourg is a, a really uh, attractive to, to, to those candidates who are you know, 30, 40, between 30 and 40 years old, who are establishing their families or a plan to establish a family. Because in that case, we have a great selling point uh, when it comes to attracting these people. And uh, even even in the case when we moved to Luxembourg in 2013, 2012, we, we had, I had a discussion with, with all of our developers one by one, and, and we still managed to convince, let's say, 70, 60, maybe 70, 75% of the people to, to, to come with us to Luxembourg. Some of them decided to stay for whichever family-related reasons. And most of the people have, have chosen this in a, in, a, in a mindset, okay, I will come to Luxembourg, I will come here, make enough money to buy a house in Budapest or, or I don't know, wherever in Hungary, and then we will go back with my family and move back there. These people are still here, <laughs> and their kids are now seven, eight years old, that they speak three languages that their parents don't understand. So <laughs> now there's a bit of a challenge to drag them out of, of, of this environment and go back there. So actually those people who have, and I've, I know so many people who have come to Luxembourg for, for a certain amount of time, and then we will go back. So they're all, all still here. And even those employees that we have hired here, uh, especially software developers, 
have, who have left the company, they are still around. And this is, I think, <laughs> I think one of our good contributions to the society to bring uh, IT talents if they are for some reason not working with us anymore, they're still on the, on the market in Luxembourg. Uh, can you tell us uh, a little bit about your social responsibility projects then? Yeah, I think we are quite visible when it comes to social responsibility and I think it's, it's important to explain why, why we are doing this. I mean, and this comes mostly from, from our owner, Mr. Gotchen. We, yeah, we have achieved a lot in, in the course of uh, last uh, 20 years and the company has become a, quite a success story. None of us forgets where we came from, and uh, actually, even him and most of actually many people on our board level come from really simple backgrounds. So we know what it means to 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 be to to lack things, to 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 live in a in an environment where you are struggling, and uh, our CSR activities have started long, long time ago. So this is nothing new to, to Doppler in Luxembourg. We have started CSR back in Hungary. The moment the company became a bit more successful and made enough money, there were a lot of initiatives giving back to the society. I think a lot of companies should follow this activity and not from PR perspective. I think it's important that, that to give back to the society that welcomed you. And I think we are extremely, I would say, thankful to be in Luxembourg, to be accepted in Luxembourg, to be to be where we are now. It was challenging in the beginning, but I think nowadays we, we can say that we, we feel welcome here. And I think for us, it's really important to give back to the country that welcomed us, especially to those who are in need. Of course, we do CSR through charity organization. We also do other things like like this party that we have, we have, we have created. And I think this is also really important. It also comes from the owner because it's actually this is more of his way of, th of of thanking the Luxembourg society of uh, welcoming here and I think th this party is quite a I would say he's become a signature party and I'm happy that, that people are talking about it. it's interesting because for a tech company in Silicon Valley creating a party like this it's it's kind of a non-event it's it's an every 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 weekend something like this if Facebook or Google throws a party in in in, in Silicon view. Valley yeah. Mountain view, there's it's nice thing if people talk about it for two days and then disappears we here and in a kind of a lucky situation because when we create something like this which I would say it's nothing special but I believe it's special for this country then it's it's all over <laughs> all over the place and and people know about it but as I said this is explaining who we are and what we represent and we personally like to party <laughs> and we like to welcome people who are also like-minded like us to wrap up this conversation You've you've spent a few years now in Luxembourg. Uh, I'm not sure if I should consider you as an as an expat or not anymore. But um, what is the what are the things that you like the most about Luxembourg? Well, I I've uh, yeah, I still consider myself as an expat. I don't know when is the time when you when you when you move to non-expat definition. But uh, for me, this, uh, Luxembourg was a big step forward, big 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 change in a sense, because I've lived in, 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 in former Yugoslavia and Serbia, then I lived in Hungary, and Luxembourg, for me, was a, was a big difference. So I would say it's, it's a, a cultural change. Let's see, a couple of things that I really like about this country is the yeah, diversity of, 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 uh, of, of, of people that, that live here. If, if people ask me where's my home, I know it's, it's now, it, even though for me home is a bit tricky definition because I've lived in many places, so 
I don't know. I, I always feel home where I where I feel uh, most welcomed and most comfortable. And currently, that's that's Luxembourg. Might not be sometime in the future, but uh, I think this is this is for now. Martin, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today. Uh, we we look forward to having you back in the near future to talk about your further trial and errors on the project you'll be working on. But we'll definitely appreciate the time you you've spent with us today. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Luxembourg podcast. Please share this podcast with friends and family and leave us a review on iTunes. Also, please don't forget to visit our website, luxunplugged.com. And see you next time.